So I really need to talk about my problem with food. <laughs> um, so pretty much all my life, I have been what's called a yo-yo dieter. I've gone up and down in my weight. Um, I've been as healthy as, you know, typically it ranges between like 200 and max out at 240. And so uh, probably when I was a teenager, I, I jumped up to like 190 when I was about 17 or 18. And that's pretty much been the floor ever since. And when I was a kid, definitely like I was a sugaraholic. Like uh, when I was young, we didn't have any money, so we didn't have a whole lot of sugar in the house. But then I got a paper out when I was 12, I think. And literally spent almost every penny of the money that I earned on candy. I mean, everything from sweet tarts to Starburst to Twinkies and just you name it. I would get paid and then I'd go to the gas station or wherever and I would just spend it all on all that sugar. And um, I remember eating shock tarts and I would eat so many that it would make my tongue bleed because it was just like and they were sour, right? And, um, and so fast forward into my time in the Navy and that became a problem because I needed to, you know, stay within weight and stay within standards. And so it was always a struggle for me in the Navy to stay within the, uh, the weight limits for my height, five foot 11, I was supposed to be like 180. <laughs> and, um, I was never below 200, never. And so I always had to be what was called rope and choke. That's where they measure your gut and they measure your neck. And then based on the difference in a chart on your height and weight and stuff, they can determine your body fat index. And the hilarious part of that was that, you know, you could change your body fat by several percentage points by simply sucking in your gut and jutting out your neck. <laughs> you can be pretty proficient in that. And so that's why you can still see, you know, especially like chief petty officers out there that are like totally not within the weight standards. Like they got a big old belly and yet somehow they passed the rope and choke. <laughs> so it was a, it was pretty much a crap system. And, um, and so there were times when I was in the Navy, when I was in really good shape, like, especially on deployment, I worked out a lot, you know, there wasn't a whole lot else to do. And so I got down to a really good weight, but then the rest of the time, you know, it was just up and down. And so I had two or three different sets of uniforms. One that was, you know, one that was like the super healthy size and then one that was in the middle. And then one that was when I got really fat and, um, I would just cycle between those. And, um, that continued after the Navy. Um, then I didn't have the Navy basically requiring me and I didn't have to get measured or weighed. And I would, um, I would, um, uh, you know, the PRTs, the physical readiness tests having to run. Thank God when they started letting us do the elliptical and the um, the the bike, you could do a, one of those stationary bikes and you just had to burn a certain number of calories. And so I could do that, but man, running was just death for me. And I hated push-ups, sit-ups I was decent at. But then once I got out of the Navy, guess what? I didn't have anyone keeping track of that anymore. And so um, let's just say I got, you know, maxed out about 235 at one point, and then I would diet. I've done things like I did the Daniel plan once, got back down to like 210, and then I got back up again, and then I did 
the Atkins diet once. And then I did a, a no sugar thing for like two months and um, got back down to really good weight, then back up again. And then I did cycling. I actually did long distance cycling for a while. And during that phase for about, I don't know, six months to a year, I was actually in pretty decent shape because I was burning like thousands and thousands of calories on these rides. And then we moved and that's, and so fast, you know, that's pretty much up till about, I guess, almost three years ago now, two years ago. And then we moved. And so the cycling stopped. Also my career changed. I wasn't in the ministry working full-time anymore. Um, we actually were starting to do online business. And so Nicole was actually the one working more than me and I was now the full-time parent. And uh, I couldn't do cycling anymore because one, I didn't have the time because it takes hours and hours. And two, where I live now really is not conducive. I used to live right next to farmland. And so you'd go out there, these just these long roads with no cars on them and, you know, re relatively flat. Here I'm in the middle of a city and there's like nowhere really to go if you want to do long, that kind of long. Some people do it, but it wasn't for me. And plus, I just didn't have time anymore because guess what? I'm watching little kids all the time. And so uh, add to that probably a, a depression I went through due to career change, moving, among other things. And I might talk about it another time. Um, and let's just say I, I, I put on some pounds and then I found myself about six months ago now um, at the most, at the heaviest I've ever been, 240 I weighed in at. In the past, 235 was about the most. And now I'm 42, 42 years old. And, um, and so I was doing these, uh, trips with, uh, life surge, which I'll talk about another time probably. And, um, you know, I hide it well, it, you know, it's easy. You just wear an untucked, um, collared shirt, you know, jeans that are baggy for you with a stretchy belt and you can get by and most people don't really notice. All right, I got interrupted there for a second. My five-year-old was coming to ask for her uh, free piece of candy because she's kid of the day. <laughs> so I'll get into that in a second. But um, where was I? So I'm 42. Oh, yeah, so I was 240 pounds. You were going on these trips and we we're eating at, at hotel restaurants and things like that and airports and stuff. And it just got to the point where I was just feeling so fat. My pants were uncomfortable. I'd wear sweatpants through the airport um and you know just feeling like i got heartburn and my belly hurts and i got bloated just 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 feeling yuck and um and so one of the couples that we met at one of these events uh was or they were health coaches and so they friended me on facebook and i saw all these different pictures of people losing weight it's like hey do you guys do this sort of thing and they're like yeah so I ended up signing up for a thing called Optavia, and it's really awesome. Like I, it's, uh, it's pretty much what I was looking for. I wanted something super simple, easy that I don't have to think about, don't have to count calories or any of that stuff. Just tell me what to eat, when to eat it. So it's based on doing six meals a day, or fuelings as they're called, and they're bars and they're shakes and they're these little cakes that you can pop in the microwave for an hour, for a minute, and they also have some other like more meal-like things like chili and other stuff, which I didn't particularly care for. Um, 
And so you just do these six things a day, you do five of them, and then you make a lean ingredient, so like a salad and some salmon is my preferred. And so I drop like 30, 35 pounds, well, almost 35 pounds. My goal is to lose 40. I wanted to get down to 200 like I hadn't been in years. And I dropped pretty quickly, did really well. Got some great before and after pictures. Um, but then over the about the last uh, about the last month, I'd say I've kind of slipped. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Like I got I got down to a size thirty six pants. I hadn't been there, and I don't even know how long I could wear a normal belt instead of a stretchy belt. Um, I'm in a size large shirt and large underwear instead of extra large and double X and all those things, and so. I'm looking good. I'm feeling good. But then I start slipping. Then I start compromising. It's like a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, and then, of course, it's the Christmas season. And, you know, the truth is, like, I, I would have, in years past, like, I would have been, like, several batches of cookies in by now. But we haven't made any cookies. It would have been several batches of checks mixed in. But I, we only made it once. And I only had probably more than I should. But not nearly as much as I would have in the past. So I've definitely improved considerably in my eating habits, but just over this past week, I pretty much went back to my old habits for a few days. We had a couple of Christmas parties and I mean, good thing was is that neither of them had like a, a bountiful amount of sugar, but they were just like snack type stuff. And I just pigged out. I kept eating, kept eating, kept eating. And just like, it was almost, it was for a few, for the last four weeks is I've kind of been slipping a little bit more and more. The weight hasn't really seemed to have been affected. I'm still sitting at like 206, 207. I was like, all right, I'm still, I'm still doing good. And so this week is almost like I was subconsciously testing it. All right, just, let's just see what happens if I just pig out. Let's see if I just indulge as much as I want. Let's see, let's see if the scale will finally move. And well, guess what it did? I was up six pounds, six pounds in one week. Now, I've lost six pounds in a week before, and that was on a week when I had a, uh, a stomach bug that caused me to basically uh, uh, exhume everything that I had in my body. <laughs> and so that week I lost six pounds pretty easily. So I don't know if that's going to happen again this time. I'm going to be back. I'm back on plan today. Um, I'm not I'm not giving up. And um I'm posting it about, about it on social media and stuff to try to have some accountability. But here's where the struggle, my own struggle with food has even more negative repercussions. I basically take it out on my kids. My frustration with my own addiction. And guess what? They're addicted to sugar too. Who isn't? You know, that's the thing is like sugar is addictive, just like cigarettes and drugs and it's everywhere and we use it to celebrate things and it's the reward for things like for instance as i mentioned a minute ago we have the thing called the kid of the day we have six kids and they each get to take a turn where they're the kid of the day and there's certain privileges certain responsibilities that come with being the kid of the day and one of those privileges is they get a free piece of candy and we have a family store where we and, you know, they, at the end of the week, when they collect all their you know, money, tickets they've earned, they get to buy stuff. Guess what they get to buy? Candy. And it's like, I provide this, but then I get angry that they're eating it. And I get angry that my 13-year-old, who we've given basically freedom to eat what he wants, he, we provide a certain amount of sugar, but if he wants more, he can buy it. And he does. He spends all his money on sugar. 
And then he pigs out on it like the day he gets it. And I get upset. I get angry about that. I get frustrated about that. I'm like, but Daniel, you did the same thing and you would do the same thing now if you didn't know from your 42 years of experience what that would do to you. And so Cliff's been helping me with this. And he just points out, he's like, hey, he's doing, Dylan, my oldest, is doing the best he can with what he has to work with. When I was 13, I did exactly the same thing. So why should I expect him to be any different? Same is true for all my kids. They're all sugar, sugaraholics and given freedom, they would just pig out on sugar till they threw up. In fact, that's happened a few times. And I think what bothers me about it the most, why I get so frustrated and I try to create all these rules and scarcity and I've tried to do everything that I can to both protect their health and make them not addicted to sugar. And it just doesn't work. It almost makes it worse. Same is true with screens, which I'll make another uh, episode about that. It's like all my efforts to try to set them up to not be like me <laughs> have only aided in making them just like me. And it's like, well, maybe all my efforts didn't do a thing at all. Like they were going to be like, whether they had free reign on sweets or whether we restrict them, they would have been the same way because they're just sugar's addictive. They're my children. And so they probably inherited some of that. But I think if I'm really honest with myself, if I try to do some introspective searching about this, what, why I get so angry and frustrated and annoyed at their poor choices is because it makes me feel like a failure. It makes me feel like I can't, like, I, I haven't been able to do anything to help them become better than me. That in fact, not just with the sugar, but it seems like all the good things I try to teach them are ignored. And they only catch all the sides of me that I would rather didn't exist. And the food thing is just one like constant reminder of that, that, you know, I'm passing on to them, not a legacy of good things, but a legacy of a sugar addiction, and a screen addiction, and probably some other things. And what I'm trying to get past, and I'm, I'm being reminded of through, you know, Cliff and through God's word and other things is that, you know, that's where grace comes in. You know, I'm not what God wanted me to be, I'm sure. But he loves me anyway, and he's not mad at me. And somehow I need to get over this. Somehow I need to just not care what the kids eat, just be, be happy with them. Be happy that they're at an age where, guess what? It's not really affected them like it does me. They're going to have to pay for it later, just like I do. So let them enjoy it now. It's not damaging them. Let them have fun. Let them sugar it up. Let them have so much sugar they throw up and laugh at them instead of being mad at them. That's my hope. I'm definitely not there, but I'm trying. And this is the life less traveled.